those of you who don't know uh, my, uh, my background and my profession, I actually teach recording studio techniques to juniors and seniors in high school. And because I do this, uh, anytime that I'm, I'm on break or something, we, you know, invariably they'll figure out that I'm a Christian and that I believe in God, and, and uh, uh, that is not popular. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Uh, outside of Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, you know, this area, if you get up into the east, people look at you like you're, you might be missing a screw. And so uh, I run into many, many kids who believe they're atheists. They're not. You know, they're just, they haven't really thought it through that far. And so they'll ask me, and they said, well, what do you need too? I mean, is, is the Old Testament, like they made a boo-boo, so they had to make a new one? Okay, and we'll run into, and then they'll say, what is this cursing and blessing thing? And so we'll, we'll cover some of that too. And mostly the point of what we're about to do is that we are going to illustrate to you biblically how it's illegal for you to be sick needing anything, uh, and, and no victory in anything, whatever it is. It's actually literally illegal. So you're going, illegal? Oh, what in the world? All right, so we'll get going. Uh, and we'll go through this, and it'll, it'll become a little simpler to you. Uh, put that first slide up there, will you, Ethan? This guy right here, if this works right, if it doesn't, it's not that big a deal. <clears throat> How many of you have ever heard of David Livingston? Okay, a lot of us old timers, we grew up and we, uh, we understand. This is David Livingston. Now, what he decided he was going to do in around 1860, 1870, something like that, he decided that he was going to go to Africa, which in those days, you got to remember, we haven't got antibiotics. We haven't got malaria uh, stuff. We got, you don't have cars, you don't have roads, you don't have any of this stuff. So he decides that the, the continent of Africa really needs Jesus, which he's right. And uh, his plan was, is he would go down the Congo uh, or the Nile and, and he would set up infrastructure so that when the missionaries came through, uh, they wouldn't be completely without resources. Uh, and he, he, many, 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 many years to that. Usually the people who went with him had a life expectancy like one in three would survive. I mean, it was, it was gnarly. All right, so, so he's going through there and he, he'd send regular reports back to the people who sent him. And, uh, but then for about two years, it went silent and no one had heard from David Livingston. So they're like, hmm. Well, here, put the, put the next map up there. This is actually the map of the Congo. And you can kind of see how large this river is and how far it goes. Now, remember, too, that if you can kind of see, there aren't any huge bodies of water with the exception of Lake Victoria over there. But all the way through the Congo there, uh, it is the water. So in this point in time, all of the major tribes lived along the Congo, like you might expect. You see it again in uh, like the Mekong River. Same theory as that, where there's a whole bunch of villages along it, that sort of thing. Uh, so since they hadn't heard anything from David Livingston, they decided that they would send uh, Henry Morton Stanley. All right. Can you hit the next one there, Ethan? This is Henry Morton Stanley. Uh, a little bit more robust-looking individual, isn't he? Uh, he? He was a little younger, so that helped. <laughs> And his, he was tasked to go and find David Livingston. And it took him about seven months. Okay, uh, when he did this, uh, now many of you have heard Do David, uh, Dr. Livingston, I presume? 
Okay, that was him talking to Livingston. That's where that phrase came from. And really, it was a tongue-in-cheek kind of a thing because they were like the only two white dudes within hundreds of miles. So obviously, it was Dr. Livingston. All right, so when he came down the Congo, Stanley, he well, basically, Livingston died. He had a rough time of it. He died eventually. He didn't come back. He died in Africa. Uh, so Stanley came back told him, and they said, hey, would you pick up where he left off? So he did. He decided to go down the Congo. Now, he was a different personality from Livingston in that he didn't mind bringing hundreds of people with him armed. All right, so here he is. He's going down that whole loop, and in the course of weeks, he was attacked more than a dozen times. Okay, each time, of course, he had the upper hand because he had weapons, but the life expectancy of his expedition was like one in four. All right, so they're, daily they were getting attacked and shooting. Eventually, he ran into a situation where he could not overcome. The numbers were just too many. And uh, his supplies were getting stolen. He couldn't trade anything. It was just a disaster. So uh, one of his dudes, the, one of his carriers that was along with him, he says, hey, I've got a solution for you. What we can do is we can go to this main chief over here and we can cut a covenant with him. And, and, and Stanley's like, what in the world are you even talking about? And he says, what we'll do is we'll get a blood covenant. What they would do is they would get a stand-in. You would slit the wrist, put it together like that, drip it into a wine cup and drink it. And what that would do is that would put you under covenant with that particular chief. Uh, there are lots of different variations of this. He did this up to 50 times just so he could make the path down this river because each time he'd go down, remember we got, we got towns all through it, so they'd attack him every time he came anywhere near anybody. Uh, once he came up to a guy and the guy says, uh, I want your goat. Well, he had stomach problems and uh, the... Uh, Stanley did, and it was all he could eat, and then the, all the other guy gave him was just a staff. What he didn't understand was that this staff actually meant he was part of that tribe, and that tribe had an enormous army. What that meant was he was protected by this particular chief. He could now trade because of this chief, because he's part of that tribe, and anything the chief has belongs to him, anything that he had belongs to the chief. And that's what a blood covenant was. Okay, this actually enabled him to open Africa and bring missionaries in. So we see that is what a, a fleshly type of a covenant works at like. Now, we have a lot of modern covenants. Uh, and so here's where the blessing cursing thumb comes in. Okay, if you buy a a car, you're actually in covenant if you take a loan on it with that company that gave you the loan. They have the blessing side of the whole thing that says if you do all the right things, you get to keep your car and drive it. <laughs> and eventually, you know, uh, you'll pay it off and then you can keep it. The cursing side says that if you do not pay, they'll probably take it away from you and they'll ding your credit. That's all the blessings and cursings are. When you see the Old Testament and you're talking about blessings and cursings, all it is is the pro rules and the con rules. That's really all there is to it. And that's what the. So let's, let's back up to biblical times. So when 
God came up to Adam and he says, look, dude, all this is yours. In fact, I'm giving it to you. Uh, he didn't have to worry, Adam didn't have to worry about eating anything. There was plenty of trees with just stuff on it. He didn't have to worry. There were no dangers. There was no disease. There was no lack. And he says, look, this is all yours. This is my plan for you. Okay, and then he gave it to, to Adam. Now, when Adam sinned, he basically took the deed of the earth and said, this is now yours, Satan. Now, if I gave Ethan a car and Ethan decided he wanted to give it to somebody else, I wouldn't have anything to say about it. I gave it to him. He can give it to somebody else. Once he gave it to somebody else, that's no longer my issue. However, God does not work that way. God, always, When he says that he wants something to happen, that's what happens. And he makes it happen. Whatever needs to happen, that's what he does. So the first thing God had to do was he had to legally find a way to buy the planet back. Okay, everything God does is legal, above board, and excellent. That's just how he rolls. All right, so he goes, man, we gotta, first thing we gotta do is we have to define what sin is. So basically, the Old Testament is, if you do all these things, that's the pro side, then I will protect you and you'll have all of these things. Now, he only did this for the Jews and that was it in the Old Testament. And then on this other side, if you don't do these things, then you die, you get disease, and you know, it goes on and on. So just for fun, just to give you kind of an idea of it, the Old Testament is what's called the Mosaic Covenant or Moses, and you're probably familiar with the, the Ten Commandments, correct? Uh, hey, Ethan, would you mind bringing up that website? Okay, this is a list of the 248 positive mitzvahs that you have to do. That's the things you do that are required. And these are all in the, in the Pentateuch, which is Leviticus and, and that part of the Old Testament. Now, there are also um, 365 don'ts. And I think this may be the don'ts. <laughs> all right, see, so these are all the don'ts and the do's of, of the Old and the New Testament. It's not important, really, that you be able to read it. The point is, is good night. Look at them all. Holy cow, how in the world? This has to do with, I mean, so basically there's no way that you could do all these things. So what God said, he says, all right, I'll tell you what, if you will sacrifice animals, I mean, the, the sin is death. That's what the covenant says. So he says, I'll tell you what, if you can, I'll give you a set of things that you can do, killing animals, because there's blood there, there's death there that will momentarily blot out that transgression to where you can still go into my, into my will. All right? And that's what the whole Mosaic Covenant and the Pentateuch of the Old Testament, that's what it's all about. Now, this isn't the end of God's plan, clearly, right? All right, so... Then we come into the Abrahamic covenant. So, would you put Romans 4 9 on there? So, we got this guy, Abraham, or Abram, who came up and uh, he makes, God comes up to him and says, I think you might be my man. He says, You have followed me and you believe me and you do what I need done and you trust me so much that I believe that we can actually make a covenant, the two of us. 
Okay, now this is fundamental. This is crucial. It's still a blood covenant because Jesus or God required that they, all of the Jews that are under this covenant, be circumcised. Okay, that of course includes blood. Now, what's also interesting, I won't go much into this, but sex is also a blood covenant. When a male breaks the hymen, uh, that is actually bloodshed on the union. And it's a blood covenant that, I mean, back in the day, they didn't get married per se. You know, he would just, families would agree that he could take her to his tent. And then when they saw the blood shed, then they were effectively family. And it was a blood covenant, uh, which is really interesting to me. I think all of that's just uh, very cool. Now, when we go into the blood covenant, in Romans 4 9 here, it's talking about what the faith was credited as righteousness to Abraham. So what happens was, is God says, I'm going to give you, you're going to be the father of many nations. We are those nations. Now we're about to find out what he meant by that. So what happens is, is he goes to Abraham, he says, look, I got something tough for you. I know that you've only got the one son. You waited a hundred years for this kid. But I wonder what, what I want you to do is I want you to sacrifice him for me. Now, Abraham said, you know, I mean, I know he trusted God, but still, oh my goodness, how rough is that? Uh, I can't even imagine what it would be like. And, and if you think about it, uh, uh, his son was probably in his 20s by that point, and uh, much larger, and this, you know, he was like 120. <laughs> I mean, if the kid didn't trust the old man to put him on there, there's no way that there's any way that he could have forced him on there. So the, so the son obviously was also willing to go along with whatever his dad had for him. All right, so, and we know the story. He gets on there, and he's about ready to kill his son, and God says, no, you don't have to. Here's a ram. Okay, now... Here's the revelation of that act. Abraham is in covenant with God. He has a blood covenant. God's covenant partner has now sacrificed his son under the covenant. What that means is, is God is now legally obligated to have his son sacrificed. Okay, do you see how God is doing this? He's, he's taken all of these things and he's putting it together. Now, what would happen had Abraham not been willing? Oh, man, we would have had to waited a whole nother generation or two probably before that covenant could be set up to where Jesus would come to earth. So now God has a legal obligation to Abraham, his covenant partner, to send Jesus. And Jesus is willing to come. And he's willing to have his blood shed for this covenant. Now, what he's doing is, Jesus, is he is the one person that could, his blood, when he came as God and he fulfilled, he never broke any of those rules. All of those do's and don'ts. Do you remember how many there were? He never even, there was no flaw in him. He never broke any of these covenants. That within itself is just, woo, crazy cool. And so when he came, now normally, remember when you were talking about the sacrificial blood of the lambs and the animals and stuff, those just covered the sin. 
When Jesus came along, Satan accepted the payment of Jesus' sacrifice as payment for that world. So God, Jesus, literally bought it back with the blood of Jesus. All right? So he literally took his blood, annihilated all of those rules, all of the sin. Now here's, here's where Pastor Mark was last week. He says, the blood of that son runs through you now. And what that means is, is that covenant, it's a new covenant now. And that's where the New Testament comes in. It's a new covenant. The Old Testament, when you read through it, the whole time he's talking about the anointed one. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the Messiah. They're talking about this king who will come and he'll fulfill all of these promises. So God knew from the beginning what he was going to do. But it took two covenants and it took a human covenant partner in order to get back what Adam gave. Now, uh, can you put Luke uh, 4.18 up there for me, Ethan? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, or broken down by calamity. All right, so what he's saying is, is that everything that came upon you now that is different from what God originally planned. Now, remember what God originally planned in Eden? Okay, there was no lack. <laughs> there was perfect health. Everything they needed was there. Now, the most important part was they were separated from God in Eden. Okay, remember when they sinned and they hid and he was like, where are you? That was the difference. They used to be able to walk with him. They used to be able to talk to him. They used to, he just hung out with them. My wife, uh, very few things in the world, can you make her happier than if my son and I are both with her? That's really all she ever wants. <laughs> Doesn't even really matter what you're doing. <laughs> as long as we're all together, then she's pretty much happy with things. And God isn't any different. Really what he's looking for is just to be with you. All of this trouble, everything that Jesus died for fundamentally was to make you right with him so that he can be with you. And this is the love that you can see. Jesus went to all that he, uh, to be crucified and, and, and to obliterate sin with his... Now, this is obliterate sin past, present, and future with his blood, not just cover it. Make it like it doesn't exist. Now, remember when Pastor was talking about being dead to sin? This is what that means. If you accept Jesus, if you let him pay for your sin, then you accept the new blood covenant that he has set up for you. And that includes just being able to be with him. That includes uh, health. That includes anything that was in the original promise in Eden now belongs to anyone who accepts that blood as their covenant. Okay, see now, 
we get confused. This answers, you ever run into somebody who goes, well, you know, healing, uh, that was for the apostles. The apostles could do it. Well, you know, with the blood of Jesus, if you accept the blood of Jesus, this isn't just a normal covenant. This is even better than the Abrahamic covenant. This covenant is you're actually grafted into, and this includes everybody. It used to be just the Jews. But now, what they'd refer to Gentiles, which we're spiritually Jews at this point because we've been grafted in with the acceptance of Jesus's blood over your sins. You are now grafted into a sonship or daughtership covenant with God. Okay, now remember when I was saying, now when, when Jesus blew all these things away, what does that mean? If, if you have accepted his blood which blew out anything that was not Eden, then if you're sick, it is literally illegal for you to be sick. Do you see that? It's illegal for you to be poor. Okay, now people will say, well, you know, this, uh, you know, money is the root of all evil and... Rich people are evil, and, well, that isn't what the word says. Uh, clearly, the word says the root of all evil is the love of money. Okay, so we, get, we can get rid of that right away. Now, here's the other thing. Have you ever seen where it said in the Bible where he says that he received the poor and the, and the uh, afflicted, and he healed them all? Or he preached the good news to the poor and the afflicted. What, what, what is good news to the poor? <laughs> that you don't have to be poor. What is the healing of the poor? You don't have to be poor. You can have money. Now, again, everything goes back to love because when Jesus looked at these 248 positive mitzvots and the 365 don't mitzvots, he, he wiped them all out. And what did he say then? Once he wiped them out, he says that all of the law, and he's talking about the Pentateuch, all of the law now boils down to one. <laughs> Can we do one? Well, you'd say so, but man, it's a doozy. <laughs> it's a big one. All right, so he says now, instead of having these tremendous five books, the Pentateuch, full of stuff to do. All you have to do is love each other as yourself. That's all you got to do. So if you're operating in that love, and if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior and accepted that blood for all of your sins and everything, then legally you are obligated to everything that God has. That remember how if everything the chief had, Stanley had, everything Stanley had, the chief had, now you're in the same position. Everything that God has is at your disposal. Everything that you have is at his disposal. Isn't that just brilliant? Another way to explain this is to suppose, suppose he doesn't, suppose I had a, a huge IRS debt. Okay, suppose I had 40 grand IRS debt. 
and they're about to foreclose on me and just take everything I have. Okay. Suppose then that Kyle, because he's made millions selling cars and now he owns like three of his own lots, decides that, uh, you know what? God is leading me to eliminate that. So he came over to the IRS and he says, all right, what's the bill? Bam, pays it off. Because that's, that's how cool, cool Kyle is. All right, so then he sends me the receipt. He says, Tim, you know, it's, the IRS has paid off. Here's your receipt. All right. So then the IRS comes up to me and the IRS says, hey, where's our money? We're still going to sell your house. We're still going to take your car. We're going to take everything you have. I can say, it's paid for. You can't touch me. It's paid for. Okay, now to put that into real life, all that you're doing is anything that Satan tries to come against you with, say, sickness. Say you get a cold. Now, this takes practice. Just like anything else, you have to build your muscles for this, okay? Your spiritual muscles, your faith. Suppose Satan comes up to you and says, you're sick. And you say, that's been paid for. Says so right here. I don't have to put up with this. It's part of my legal right to not be sick. Jesus handled it. It's done. Now, once you get good at that, <laughs> and have done it a few times, just like David. Remember, he had to fight the bear and then the lion, then Goliath, right? It takes your steps, and the same can be done for money. That's no different. Okay, in fact, this Dave Ramsey, I'm in on the Dave, Ram Dave Ramsey thing this time around, and I'm already seeing mistakes that I've made. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's already saying, look, dude, here you go. And it's not that I was really struggling before, but I mean, I want to get to the point where I can send some, you know, some missionaries out, you know, right? And I think we're all kind of on that same page. So uh, uh, I think uh, Cade had just a few things he wanted to add at the end here, so I'll leave him a little bit of room. I could kind of go on this all day. I just love the idea that Jesus, well, it's not just an idea, it's the fact in putting it to practice that his blood covers everything for anybody that receives him. So if they say you can't do that because you're not an apostle, they say you can't do that because you're a woman, if they say you can't do that because you're a kid, you can't do that. Completely immaterial. Completely immaterial. Jesus says this. The New Testament says this. That New Testament is your receipt for Jesus paying off everything that you owed in Jesus' name.